When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Lou Mavs here from the Music is Life podcast with a really important question. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get Music is Life off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Such as, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? And how do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is real simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Since I started my YouTube channel, I've been able to edit the audio on iMovie and then bump it to Anchor and distribute it on the podcast to everybody. And I still use Anchor to record audio-only podcasts. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me, Lou Maz of the Music is Live podcast, and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Ex-Stradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. You're listening to the Music is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs, on the Rat Sound Review Network. Music is Live Podcast. This is your host, Lou Mavs. Check out everything you need to know about the show over at musiclivepodcast.com. I have a very special guest with me tonight. What do you get when you cross fashion, goth and punk subculture, love for cheesecake pinups, a David Lynchian aesthetic, and appreciation for the underground music of the 1980s? 
You result in a firestorm of creativity and unabashed sonic relentlessness called She Loves Tragedy. I became aware of their music through our mutual friend Josh of Mob Records, and I fell in love with their sound and attitude. However, I didn't realize that it wasn't a band that I was falling in love with, but the brainchild of one woman. <laughs> and that woman is the absolutely stunning and fierce, might I add, Erica Solitaire Chappelle. Erica, how are you? Hello, I'm good. I'm good. You know, just out here living the best life that I can during some of the strangest times this world has seen. (laughs) That goes for me too, all of us. I will say one thing. It's definitely a wellspring of creativity for a lot of us. I'm doing the podcast and have been doing the video portion of it since January. And you have a bunch of great singles that are available for streaming right now on Spotify and iTunes. Yeah, absolutely. So even though we have uh, had to be forced to quarantine, at least it's nice that, you know, humans have found a way to be creative in different endeavors and myself included. Like I've always, always wanted to be in a recording studio. I've tried so hard my whole life to just like stay focused on music But as this interview goes, you'll find out that I'm an actress as well. So I kept getting pulled many different directions. So it was really nice to finally just like get locked in a music, literally locked into a music studio during quarantine. And I was not like mad about it at all in the slightest. (laughs) Which I also know that you're on your way to a recording session after this. I want to personally say thank you for taking time out to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. You know, rock and roll. You got to stay on your toes, right? (laughs) Mm hmm. And um, by the way, I just want to mention her Slayer shirt is awesome. And uh, <laughs> Rain and but I made it. I made a joke. Yeah, <laughs> I made a joke before I was playing with my daughter and uh, my wife called her uh, my little angel. And I yelled out, yeah, angel of death. And she didn't get it. But I digress. Your bio on INDB states that you're originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, What would you say were your earliest recollections of how music or entertainment in general shaped you in your formative years? I definitely will have to give a big shout out to my family. My family held it on on lockdown, which tracks, you know, my mom's coming to my mind first off. So like my mom would literally be playing like Johnny Cash and then like then the Macarena, then like Santana. I was all about it. And then, then I had my aunt who showed us like the industrial Avenue. So, you know, here we are like seven, eight years old listening to like nine inch nails, uh, you know, and then uh, my dad was the one who got me hooked on like all the classic rock. So I naturally just kind of grew up, you know, with like the doors, blue oyster cult, Nirvana, like these were the things we were listening to just like driving to school. you know, it wasn't like, I don't know, no diss to Shania Twain, love Shania Twain. I'm from the South, but you know, that's not what we were listening to on the way to school. (laughs) So I don't know. There's something about when I hear music, it gets nostalgic. So when I hear things like, you know, David Bowie or Nirvana, I think about my childhood and I associate music with memories as I feel like a lot of people do. Oh, I'm guilty of that. Yeah. And the fact that you said Nine Inch Nails and Blue Easter Cult, yeah, you, your street cred's right there with me. So that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, like my first concert, 
I totally, I don't know what I was doing. I, I definitely snuck out to go see this concert. Uh, Tom Petty. Tom Petty was my first concert. Nothing wrong with that. Tom Petty was no. the shit back in the day. Rest in no. peace. Rest in peace. So yeah, like Tom Petty and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the violent films were some of my first concerts. So I was like, all right, we're setting the bar high. We got to like keep going. So the, those were my early, uh, kind of early influences um, in my adolescence. So those are some pretty like very serious bands to be hooked on as a kid, you know? I hear you. I was very fortunate that my first concert ever were two of my top favorite, two of my top 10 favorite bands of all time. It was Deftones, who, whom I love, but the two bands uh, that are in my top 10, Pantera and the original Black Sabbath. So yeah, I was spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> you pursued a degree in theater arts at the University of Kentucky and have acted and performed and directed many theatrical productions. So let's get into that a little bit. Uh, what are your experiences with theater? Like where did the love for the, for the theatrical arts come from? I was in high school and I was encouraged by my family to start being like in the creative arts. And I took a theater class and was just kind of hooked. I don't know if it's because like I'm half Italian uh, that I just have like a flair. For what are you talking about? We're not animated. Uh, so I don't know. It would just be one of those things that I'd be like watching a play or a show and I'd be like, I don't believe them. Like this, I'm not buying this story. I'm like, give me the script. Like, give me the <laughs> script. And I, I got this. So it was just one of those things that like, it just, I almost didn't go to it. It came to me. One of my first auditions, like literally the director just like stood up and was just like, you were playing the lead, like auditions are over. You can tell everyone else to go home. And it was just like one of those, like that having been one of my top, like three auditions that of me going to in my life, I was like, okay, I'm probably on the right path here. It just made sense to me. And then as I started doing theater, you get some options. So I gravitated towards musical theater and burlesque. And so like me, I was on the South or in the South and like on people get weirded out when I call like Kentucky, the East coast, but I am on the East side. <laughs> so, you know, we're not doing film. We're doing theater. We're doing theatrics. We're doing vaudeville. We're still very much in a vaudeville circuit. So theater and music almost went hand in hand. Uh, for me I gravitated towards musicals I didn't want to do a show unless if there was music involved so even when I was uh, when I started directing shows myself and this comes from like one of the five great rules of Aristotle a show is not complete without music so I just I kept with that path so every time I directed something I either had a live band or a dope-ass soundtrack. What was your favorite role to perform? The playwright is Agatha Christie. It's a show called And Then There Were None. It's kind of like a clue-based scenario. I'm familiar with it, yeah. And Then There Were None. I don't know. We're on this island. There's a storm. All of a sudden, guests are dropping one by one. And I'm playing a judge. The judge isn't taking people out. But I definitely was. So I was the, I was the one... I was the one last standing, and so I was the killer. I love who done it. Very that cool. So that was so that was my favorite theatrical uh, role. As far as my film roles go, there's this indie film that I did, Death by a Thousand Cuts, where I play uh, a psychiatrist. So very much parallel to uh, 
you know, if you watch the Sopranos and you watch the therapist in that uh, series, it's a character very similar to that. The Lorraine Bracco character. Yeah. Very cool. You've also received a scholarship to study in Paris, France and Italy. Parlez-vous yeah. français? Ah uh, oui, bien sûr. Je parle français en fait. No, that's all I know. Anyway. But... <laughs> Pardon your French. <laughs> Part of my French, exactly. Uh, what was the European experience like? And what would you say were the biggest differences between working in the European environment as opposed to the American one? Europe is beautiful. You know, Europe very much still echoes that whole, like, we're still in a renaissance. You know, like, you're looking to your right. You have these huge cathedrals. You still got, like, the street performers. You can feel the sense of Comedia dell'arte or Comedia la Française and stuff like that. So it's like there's all these archetypes. So you take a movie like Suicide Squad. Those are archetypes from way back in the day of, like, Harlequin, Arlequino. So everything that I learned in Europe, it's still very much relevant to today. They're old school about things. And then if you do go into the film industry or films, I, I love their quirky indie films. They hit different, they hit deeper. I hear you. I watched one indie French film, Amelie, I think it's called. Yeah. I love that I love film. That mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, I as a metalhead do enjoy too. French films. <laughs> Uh, breaking the stereotype damn it (laughs) you know that's another thing i was always hooked on i was always hooked on soundtracks uh natural born killers was like one of my favorite soundtracks that's a great one that's a great one and of course all the tarantino films as well i'd have to say my favorite was the score graham Ravel. i think that's how you pronounce his name uh the one that he wrote for the crow the brandon lee film that was just gorgeous phenomenal yeah i love that one as well as being an actress and a singer you're also a dancer i'm very proud to say that we're breaking new ground you're the first dancer that i've had on my show and from what i've seen from what you posted on instagram and what i've seen in your music videos i love the confidence that you exude what was it about dance that made you identify with it as an art form honestly like i've thought about this question several times and i was almost like shocked when i finally found the answer yo i just like dancing to music that's all it came down to like yeah dancing's fun and like i like being you know uh, i like la- i enjoy movement you know like it's like when you move your body, you naturally get endorphins and dopamine. So that's great. But I was more into the song I was dancing to and telling the story with that. So, you know, I definitely, so we're going to start to like, we're going to dive into the Sisters of Mercy, Talking Heads kind of category. Um, those were some of my favorite tracks to dance to. And those are not top 10 or top 40 or whatever. So I was always like that quirky weird dancer that was like playing something like whoa what is this or like is that girl dancing to primus right now and it's like yes yes i am actually and it's awesome so i really i really use music to identify with who i was as an individual sometimes it was not what the crowd necessarily thought that they would be hearing you know when they walk into a club you know but i would try you know get them on the same page with me like listen I know you've never heard this before, but work with me here. Broadening your horizons, people. You can dance to anything. Seriously. One of the things that really caught my attention was I think you were dancing with a snake in one of your Instagram videos and you're playing Sisters of Mercy. I'm like, holy shit. She knows who Sisters of Mercy is. Yo, I love Sisters of Mercy. So do I. And like, it it pains me that they do not get enough credit. No, they really don't. 
I mean, first and last and always and flood, I think are two of the best albums that came out of from that period, that proto, you know, goth period. I just I love it. I definitely felt the kinship with you when uh, I saw you with that. And we, it was cool that we were messaging each other back and forth. Seriously, she's cool. She engages with you. Just don't be a dick. That's all you got to do. Exactly. It's, it's common sense. <laughs> Rules of life. But you common know. courtesy. Common courtesy. What in the end made you decide to make the move from Kentucky to L.A. as opposed to going to like a New York or even a Miami? And was it a huge culture shock for you? Originally, I did want to do New York. Um, I did do a little tour up there fresh out of college. And so I went there, did the tour, kind of checked out a couple neighborhoods. And I was like, okay. Like, I really like this. But then once the tour ended, went back to Kentucky, the season started to change, started to get colder, right? No one's trying to, like, move to New York, like, in the winter. Am I right? Am I wrong here? You have no idea how many snowbirds we have in this freaking state. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I did the, I did my tour. I think, I think it was, um, yeah, like, around 2014 or so. So, did the tour. That was fall come back to Kentucky, winter starts to approach. And I'm like, okay, maybe now's not the time to just up and move to a city in the middle of winter. So I kind of just, you know, I'm fresh out of college. So I kind of just start throwing my cards like across the table a little bit. I eventually like ended up on the West Coast traveling, not like anywhere in particular. I was a little bit in Seattle, a little bit in Portland, you know, have some cousins between those two cities. I did apply for uh, a protege program. So that's kind of like a mentor program, a room and board exchange work trade uh, for a dance studio in Los Angeles. Uh, The dance studio is called Be Spun. That is like a pole dance studio. And I was like, there's no way like I'm going to get this work trade program. Like, you know, like I'm an application, you know, but I ended up getting it. I was like, oh, wow. So I have like a location. I have a place that I can work at. Let's go like test the waters a little bit. So, you know, I go to LA, do the Airbnb thing and start working. And then little did I know that I had a bunch of theater alumni friends in LA. So they already had been seasoned to the film industry and kind of helped me step-by-step with getting, you know, into this agency, then do these headshots, then go to this. So there's steps. So if I had not had, you know, entry levels one, two, and three, this would not have been a smooth, easy transition. That essentially was how I got from Kentucky to LA was through a dance program and me having a BFA in theater. I was like, all right, I I, like, I am trained in acting and I'm trained in a lot of things. Let's see how easy it is to convert, you know, from theater to film. The only culture shock is the time zone difference (laughs) for me. (laughs) Uh, And and the seasons, I do like my seasons, but no, it it wasn't so much of a culture shock. It was just more of like in theater, you do these auditions, you show up on site and LA, it's very much of like right place, right time, talking to the right people and being at the right agency. So yeah, those are the key words of a, of an old hero of mine. Let me kill Meister, right place, right time. Yes. That applies to like almost everything. 
Mm-hmm. You've always used social media as a platform for self-promotion, which is incredible. How d- have you made social media work for you? A lot of people have found my films or documentary through social media or vice versa. They saw me in the film and then found me on social media. So my following is has very much been organic. It's been, you know, nice to like kind of keep like that team that will kind of always support you, you know, even if like we don't interact they'll still show up and be like, yo, I'm listening to your song right now. I'll be like, thank you. You did recently post that one of your songs actually did make it on a radio station. Congratulations to you for that. Thank you. Big shout out to KXLU. Uh, I am very much obsessed with indie radio and in particular college radio. Uh, This even goes back to like my University of Kentucky days, 88.1 WRFL. I don't know what it is about college radio. I don't know who made the formula for it, but whatever they did, I love it. There's no commercials and pretty much every three hours, there's a different genre of music. So me very much loving many flavors of music. You know, I want jazz and then I want to hear my salsa music. And then I want to hear like some weird techno flamenco remix at 3 a.m. for no reason. And then, yeah. Why not? Yeah. And then, yeah, totally slip me a Danzig at 7 a.m. Let's go. I I don't, I don't, I don't care. (laughs) Um, You're talking to somebody who was a college radio DJ. And uh, I know exactly what you mean by that. I'm proud to say that we were the first college radio station in the metropolitan new york area to break and this was before they hit it big so this is like right before ozfest 2003 we were playing kill switch engage and shadows fall and god forbid and bands like that before they had hit it big to have been part of that and to see those bands grow yeah i i felt proud i'm not saying it was only me i'm just saying like you know to have seen them go from the little clubs the little hole in the wall dive bars to the you know bigger second stages of Ozfest, yeah, it was it was uh, college radio. I'd have to say was one of the best times of my life. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I love going to the uh, to college radio booths. They're uh, they feel homey. All those records and stuff. I don't know. I like it definitely. So you have a very engaging presence on Instagram. What makes you focus solely on that particular social media platform as opposed to branching out? to like let's say facebook or tiktok facebook honestly it just got a little bit it's become archaic let's face facts (laughs) archaic to a sense and also it's like you know these are people from like high school or so or even distant friends of high school people and i i don't like yeah being from kentucky and like smaller cities they see that like i have one credit on netflix they're they're like freaking out about it i just don't know what to say on facebook anymore it's like hey we haven't talked in like eight years how's it going you know and then the the layout just really wasn't for me tiktok i'm trying to figure out um good luck (laughs) i'm still trying all these little like 15 second sound bites it's a thing you know, it's a thing. Now you can expand into three minutes, I think. It's definitely a different way of doing things. You know, it's like, uh, you know, even when I talk with my other music uh, colleagues, it's like, you know, who is actually watching a full music video these days? Everything's becoming shorter and attention span. So I don't know. Uh, it's like you got to catch up or get out and, you know, always like staying in the race. So I'll I'll figure it out. It's a different form of art. Just, uh, I don't know. I'm a classic kind of girl. Like you said, David Lynch, you know, if it's not broke, why are we going to fix it? You know? And then, 
even makes me think about when I went to um this was really fun I don't I they might have it in New York it's a, it's the David Lynch festival I don't think they have it in New York unfortunately it would be cool to go there one day then yeah I think that maybe they were trying to and then I don't know this thing called a pandemic happened uh <sighs> Yeah. So when I, I did go, I believe it was 2018 and mm-hmm. David Lynch was giving a lecture about like, and particularly like social media and film and how everything's changing. He's like, there's no way you can watch a movie on your phone and have the same experience as like when you go to a movie theater or even like if you watch it on a computer and he's like, God forbid I ever watch a movie on a phone. Yeah, I'm a film girl, you know, that. So when it comes to like all these kinds of different social medias, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but it's not really hitting the way I would like it to, or the way like I know that it could in a in a way. I so. totally hear you on that. I mean, me, I I love indie films. I love B movies. Unfortunately, those are the kinds of films that you can't go to. Like, well, not that you really go to theaters anymore, anyways. But you know, like you can't see those kind of films at like an AMC Lowe's or uh, United Artists Theater. So for me, it's like, I don't know, I'm old school because I still love to discover uh, new films, new directors, new ideas, and I'll do whatever I have to to obtain that kind of entertainment, just kind of sit and immerse myself and enjoy it. So yeah, I'm old school on that. I still like music videos. I love music videos too. I do believe in, in, in the quality of the mini movie. I really do. Trust me, whatever you put out, I will watch it. So yeah, I guess that's why like I haven't really dived into this or that. Like I, as far as my Instagram page is concerned, like yeah, I'm keeping it classic. I'm keeping it kind of in a sense filmy, but also music-y. <laughs> like it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this person's an artist. So you, you know the vibes. We like it old school. So what I love about your music, and I want to bring it to that right now, because, you know, I heard the songs so over it. I just heard for the first time today a collaboration that you did called Switchblades. It fucking kicks ass. I'm not going to lie. I'm really digging it. What I love about it is that it really reminds me of some of my favorite alternative artists of the 80s, including Bauhaus. We mentioned the Sisters of Mercy, Early Cure, Skinny Puppy, um, Mm. even Pet Shop Boys and Early Ministry. I hear that all there. And the best part about it is that, yes, the influences are there. But like I tell every artist that I have on the show that I think has an original sound, it sounds like you. So it's like you're taking the best from everything and it's still you. And I love it. I just wanted to ask what your creative process is like. Do you write the lyrics first and base the music around it? Or does the music come first and then you write the lyrics around that? Both. I'll just get like a phrase in my head and I'll just just kind of build around and I'll, I'll just keep like a notepad, even if it's on my phone. I have like a closet full of uh, notebooks and uh, just papers, just like writing. It's like, I'll, I'll catch a phrase and I'm like, that's really good. Don't forget about this one. And then if I hear like a track, I'm like, oh, that sound sounds like this sentence that I wrote down four weeks ago. You know, switchblades, I'm not going to lie. My friend and I had worked on that maybe about two years ago, and we just now recorded it. That is amazing that you actually still keep ideas around and like you'll end up using them. I mean, 
too many. I know people just throw stuff away because they're like, oh, I'm not going to use it. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Keep it around. You never know when inspiration will strike. Yeah. So it's a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll hear a guitar riff or I'll be in the music studio and I'll be like, what do you think of this? I'll be like, yeah, I like that. And then I'll go and like write to it. Say I have all these lyrics and then what I'll do is I'll kind of pick and choose from my random piles of papers and just kind of like put a puzzle together of lyrics. I became aware of you around the time that I interviewed Josh of Mom Music. Many of the artists that I interviewed were by his recommendation, including Baby Ghost, Human Barbie, Busy Boy of Crooked Trees, Sick Life, and Letha the Slash. I wouldn't interview anyone on the show if I didn't like what they were doing, and you're definitely no exception. There's an equal amount of vulnerability, transparency, strength, and fearlessness in what you're putting out. What are your hopes and aspirations with your music? My hopes and aspirations are to just really break like the glass ceiling that has been put on all sorts of artists um, as far as like feeling very limited to what they can put out and do with their sound. I literally, I love all music, um, but in particularly like I'm, the music I create is definitely more indie alternative punk and rock and roll. And I definitely feel like in the last decade or so, there hasn't been a lot of things that have really caught my ear that are in that flavor of style. So I'm since trying to like bring it back a little bit more and definitely like bring back like female punk artists. Like I love Karen O, but Karen O is literally almost the only person I can name in the last decade. That's like really like, kind of like went for it. I love my Joan Jett and I love Patti Smith, but I want more of them. Essentially, it's like, I just want to like encourage others to just like just rebel a little bit. <laughs> well, you definitely got my attention. And uh, if there's one thing that I have to say to the world, it's this. Take notice, because she's going to take over. You better mm-hmm. be ready for it. <laughs> so when you're performing, and it's safe to say that you wear many hats, dancer, singer, actress. This might be a bit of an odd question, but I feel compelled to ask. Is it all the same person or does each role, singer, dancer, performer, actress, does it come with its own set of rules? Yes and no. For the most part, it's always me, that performer. I will always like, you know, perform true, like my heart's on my sleeve, always. Acting is something that breaks you down. So I've just learned to be like completely vulnerable in every sort of like situation as I'm like giving catharsis, <laughs> you know, uh, if I'm acting or singing or dancing, I'm just like, and here I am <laughs> to be or not to be tonight. Maybe you will like this. <laughs> maybe you won't. <laughs> Even if I'm like emceeing or something like that, like you are getting me, but definitely like, you know. In my more theatrical days, you know, depending what role I was playing. Yes, I would very much kind of be like on the straight and narrow of like, you know, if I'm doing like some French play that's like, you know, 18th century. Yeah, we're we're kind of probably going to be in a different mindset for the week until the show <laughs> closes, you know. Um, for the most part, it's I get booked for me. Very so, cool. Yeah. One of your acting roles that I saw was your role as the, and it says this on IMDb, the BDSM wife in the video for So Long and Thanks for All the Fish by A Perfect Circle. Can you tell me what the experience was like from the audition to the filming for that video? Yeah, so that was definitely one of those right place, right time scenarios. 
is I was like, I, I get all, I see all these casting calls and I'm just like, stop auditioning and just hire me because like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you're literally looking for my prototype. I ended up having some kind of mutual friend with the director when I saw the casting call and I was just like, Hey, here's my headshot. Here's my resume give it to the director and hope for the best. And then I got a phone call and I got it. What I actually was cast as was a Betty Page lookalike. Well, essentially anyone with black hair and bangs. (laughs) Cheesecake. (laughs) Exactly. Please use this opportunity to promote what you're working on right now. What I am working on right now is I'm very focused on my music. She loves tragedy. Um, I got about six songs out working on a couple more. It's a very fun experience. So if you like punk rock music and females that like to scream, then I highly suggest you check out uh, my tones. While you're at it, you might as well IMDB me, you know, listen to my music and then check out a few films. So you can look me up by Eric Solitaire Chappelle. I'm all over the web. (laughs) I just wanted to ask this for the record. How is Woods doing? Your stray cat. Oh, he's he's made a full recovery uh, were you watching the stories about how like he uh um, he gets into so much trouble so he's a strong all pets <laughs> he like came to my door the other day like with a little paw i'm just like yo did you get in another fight that's what they do they scrap outside in hollywood brings me birds um you know but we can do he's a party animal <laughs> he's doing great though <laughs> thank Very you cool. for asking you know he's almost more popular than me like oh <laughs> i i'm an animal lover so you know i just uh I, I i empathize for uh people who have love for their for their pets whether they you know foster them in their homes or whether they take care of them um from the street you know i think that you know people people like you do good so you know i wanted to she's an animal lover people support her good person <laughs> the final question and then we're going to get into a quick lightning round where can the people find out more about you literally a a good place to start is just looking up my instagram you know i have quite a a decent amount of photos that really kind of depict like what i like to do it's like this is me on film sets this is me in the music studio and then i definitely am posting as much music as i possibly can without giving it away so uh, just look me up on my name erica solitaire um and if you want to know more we can definitely like talk a little bit if you have any questions about you know films or music um or you know the kind of music i'm making i i welcome all all questions and all new followers awesome and again she's got some great tracks out there right now one that i really recommend is so over it and one that you recently put out called blood on my hands check out her collaboration with is it raw or is it raw how's it pronounced um so that's uh that's my uh partner uh betty rodden so her artist name uh raw 10 so like a play on words rodden ah very interesting okay cool so the the japanese symbol uh stands for heaven but it's pronounced 10 so rodden raw 10 the track is called switchblades people check it out all right now time for the lightning round favorite artist favorite artist I'm just going to go straight to my go-to. I love The Doors. I do. The Doors. Yeah. Who doesn't doesn't love Jim Morrison? Who doesn't want to be Jim Morrison? Well, I don't want to be dead, but I mean. (laughs) No, No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I like me. I like doing the show. I like meeting people like you. (laughs) 
No method acting here. Good stuff. You know, favorite song to dance to. Favorite song to dance to. Yo, um, <laughs> I really do love Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. That's a killer one. No pun intended, but that's a good one. <laughs> L.A. or Paris? Oh, Paris. Andrew Eldritch or Robert Smith? Oh, Robert Smith. <laughs> Morrissey or Ian Curtis? Morrissey. All right. Desert Island CD. Yeah, I think I probably want to have like Santana, like Black Magic Woman. <laughs> All right. So the Abraxas CD, we'll give her that. Cool. Favorite movie? Favorite mo- I mean, I'm a classic girl. I'm going to go with Pulp Fiction. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Favorite director? I mean, it's a close call between Tarantino and David Lynch, but I, I pay respects to Tarantino. We're all, we also share a birthday, him and I. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I don't share a birthday with anybody cool. Mm-hmm. My brother celebrates one with Frank Sinatra. I hate him. Anyway, <laughs> sunny days or long nights? Long nights. Biggest takeaway you want from your music career? I just want a bunch of humans rebelling to my music. Just give me some anarchy, but give me the good anarchy. I'll take it. Erica <laughs> Solitaire Chappelle, it was my pleasure to have you on the show. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to come on. I know that we tried to plan this for a while and there were reschedules and I appreciate you accommodating me, letting me do a gig and which, by the way, it went well. Didn't get paid, but we went well anyways. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for your patience, your kindness, and your friendship. And I just want to say anytime, anytime you want to come back on the show to promote whatever it is you're doing, please consider this an open invitation anytime you want. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was great. Um, it's actually first time i've gotten to like really talk about my music so thank you for welcoming me and here's to more punk rock scenes <laughs> i'll drink to that but water because i don't uh you know i can't promote anything else I'm not sponsored <laughs> by anybody sponsor me somebody please i'll drink yeah, it someone sponsor this man erica thank you so much i wish you a good night Thank you. Have a great night as well. To find out more about the Music is Live podcast, check us out over at musicislivepodcast.com. Also, do not forget to check out our parent network, Ratsai Review, over at ratsireview.com. Music is Live podcast is brought to you by Ratsai Review and Anchor.fm. While you're over at Ratsai Review, check out some of the other podcasts that we have on the show. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Music is Live podcast. And also, again, one final thank you to Miss Erica Solitaire-Chapelle. Erica, have a great night. Thank you, you too. And remember, all art is valid. Night. Thank you so much for listening to the Music is Live podcast. Music is Live podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm and RatsaReview.com. Check out the other shows on Review, including Beyond Bushido, Old Man's Metal Musings, The Right Opinion, Suck My Balls, a South Park podcast, The Vieira Vault, and the Timo Toki podcast. Graphics for the video portion of the show were done by Rocky Baia. For commissions, find him on Twitter at R-O-C-K-Y-B-A-I-A. Intro and outro music for the show is Lose Control by the Rebel Medium, written by Jacqueline Guitard, Ernest Leug, and myself. If you'd like to donate to the channel, or if you're in a band and you want me to review you, then donate to my PayPal at musicislivepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Wayne Noon and Greg Noggle, with much love and gratitude to Aaron, Anna, and Aloysius. For more information, including where to find me on social media, check out musicislivepodcast.com 
And don't forget to check out ratsireview.com. Remember, all art is valid. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics, a South Park podcast called Suck My Balls, The Infinite Fringe, a watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido, Extradivarius guitarist, The Timo Tolki podcast, and The Great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Hey everyone, Lou Mavs here from the Music is Live podcast and Ratsaw Review to talk to you about Terranut Superfood Snacks. Terranut is a family-run business based on a minimalist approach to creating the most nutrient-packed portable snack possible. Terranut is proud to offer you a natural nut bar chock full of healthy fats, minerals, and protein that meet your demands. Whether you need to perform at your absolute peak or just want a guilt-free snack on the go or at home, Terranut Snacks offer you a diverse nutrient profile that is sure to suit your lifestyle. Terranut products are vegan and free of gluten and soy. They're delicious, nutritious, and act as a great replacement for unhealthy snacks, as well as providing you with enough protein until your next meal. I swear by this product because back in August of 2020, I was 300 pounds, type 2 diabetic, and had high blood pressure. Exercise, a positive lifestyle change, and including more plant-based food in my daily routine, as well as putting sodas and sugar and aspartame, helped me reverse the type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure, and I went down 20 pounds. You can enjoy these snacks whole, or you can crumple them into your cereal, smoothie, yogurt, salad, or other favorite meal as a tasty, plant-based protein boost. Terranut believes the basis for a good snack are natural, high-quality, nutrient-dense ingredients. By keeping it simple, you'll never find any preservatives or artificial flavors in their products. You can go to their website, www.terranut.com, to find out which farmer's markets they will be at. You can order from them directly, and they will ship it to you. Anything over $50 gets free shipping. Use my coupon code, LUMAVS, and you will get a 25% discount on your first order. Let it be known, I will never promote a product I do not use or believe in, and I use and believe in Terranut. Terranut Superfood Snacks, www.terranut.com. Once again, that's www.terranut.com. Don't forget to use coupon code LUMAPS at checkout. Fuel your life.